1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Coming up on
3: Total Access, the locker room. I've never cried on a football field until that moment and because I was like that we were robbed mm-hmm. of a damn Super Bowl.
4: Early in the fourth quarter, I go to Rex and I go, Rex, I am not going to be the one to call Archie and Olivia Manning, to tell them that we've killed their son. Can we we back off a little bit? Was that a real conversation? Oh, it was. Can we not blitz every snap? He he goes, oh, yeah, I got you, coach. And then proceeded to blitz every snap.
2: (laughs) Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, alongside Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billett. Coach, what's going on? How are we doing, young man? We're ready to go. We're ready to go. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Today, we're welcoming former NFL head coach Rex Ryan. And guys, you're in for a treat of storytelling. And we're going to find out who's more arrogant, our Brian Billick or Coach Rex Ryan.
4: Yeah, I'm going to have an opinion on that. And we're also going to hear about how Rex Ryan almost killed Eli Manning. Ooh, my damn
3: pants falling down. Watch out, watch out, whoa! Whoa, whoa! That's ours! Yeah, baby! Hey, time out, time out! I, I know. I can't hear you. Man. That's a long sprint for me. I gotta get my damn track shoes on. Oh, I don't like it. Love it. As soon as you look in here, they're gonna know you're coming. Okay, all right. Yep, periff that bad boy. He can be the best rush, best big end. He's got the body for everything. Why don't you just
2: step up and block Mario real quick. Great. <laughs> We got a hell of a group here, man. And guys, here he is—the one and only Rex Ryan. I mean, One of the, my favorite personalities <laughs> in the National Football League. Coach Ryan, welcome to the Total Access Podcast Show, man.
3: Oh, I'm fired up, man! And you got one of the one of my mentors, the legend Ryan. <laughs> well, I don't know about oh, that, <laughs> oh, that just, you're just making me feel old now. No, <laughs> I tell you what, and it's so funny because everybody like, you know, who's one of your mentors. And for me, of course, my dad was the biggest mentor, but Brian was a huge mentor. Everything I did as a head coach, I stole from this man from an organizational standpoint, every, every bit of it from our Uh schedules and everything else. And I felt I was ready to go because of him. There's nobody that had better organizational skills than Brian Billick and And, obviously, I never quite had the offensive mind
2: that
4: Brian had. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I didn't either, though. I
2: I learned so much from Brian. I appreciate that. Coach Brian, we always have a locker room story. You know what yeah. I mean to start our show off. You you can include Coach Billick if you'd like. You know oh, what I'm no saying? I don't know about that. Look, <laughs> man, you, these ain't stories we tell on TV on NFL Network or ESPN. Right. Okay, these are the back behind the scenes stories. So okay. let's hear yours. Oh, I for got this a good podcast. one. I got, okay, I got, I got a good one here. So <laughs> right now I'm at
3: Jackson State yeah. with one of Brian and I's you know mm-hmm. sons right there, man. Deion Sanders, the head coach here at Jackson State. Dennis Thurman's the defensive coordinator here. So I'm at Jackson State. So let me tell you about one of the Jackson State's the best player that in one of the the history of the National Football League, Walter Payton. Oh, all right. What was Walter Payton like in the locker room? All right, I'm going to tell you. Is that we all know the fans all know that Walter Payton, one of the most intense guys ever, the workout warrior. But my gosh, there was another side of Walter Payton. So mm-hmm. what he would do, I'll give you an example. He brought in a tray of donuts, okay, uh-huh. all plain, plain donuts. And I'm looking over there. <laughs> what's he doing? And and I look, he's got the stuff. Remember you used to put on, on your ankles. They had that pink stuff. You'd put it on there. You'd slab it on yes. the back of your ankles and, oh, and all that.
4: Oh, no. He, he
3: stole it from the church. Oh, yeah, Brian. He would go in individually. He's taking the donut, and he's going, like, putting it on there on the top, putting it on the tray, everyone, and he's just playing it out there. Then he'd sit in his locker, and he'd wait for them. Oh, my uh, gosh. Because you couldn't resist. You look at that. That looked pretty good. Oh, oh my gosh that was not, but oh that goodness. was Walter Payne and it, man it would, there was a million of those type of things that he would do but he was hilarious and that's that amazing one example of Walter Payne oh
4: that's just goodness, not as a, as a donut amazing. connoisseur that's just not right that's, oh, that's, 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 that's crossing the line that ought not to be crossed but you know you're going
3: to take it a little
4: oh, <laughs> one at least it would have <laughs> taken me two or three before <laughs> I realized before how bad it was. was yeah that can't be right let me, yeah, try, let me try, try another one, one. Oh <laughs> Hey, I got this is this is what I've been wanting to ask this for a while because I told the guys about. It. Do you remember the first time you and I
3: met? Oh, I remember we we did. Brian, remember we would do those coaching uh, clinics. Huh? Yeah. And Sure enough, we we went all over the darn place. And and I don't remember exactly where the first time we met, but I remember we used to do those things. We well, do remember this one. It's in Montreal of all places. And
4: they had contract and they yeah. and, and you and I didn't know each other. So, you know, we right. came at this separately and you yeah. were going to go on before me and they were going to have a thousand coaches there. Right. Well, so I, I want to hear Rex Ryan, you know, and I because your dad and Doug Scoville and and, and knew you and, and and Rob and when you're younger. And so go, oh, I go, this is great. I get to go hear Rex Ryan speak. I come down there. They're like five guys in there. I mean, there's, remember that there was nobody there, <laughs> but you're up there. You were coaching your ass off. Like the room was filled. And I thought, now that's a guy, if I ever get a chance that, yeah. I, that, that guy needs to work with me because it doesn't matter whether there's five guys or 5,000 guys, he's just coaching some ball.
3: Yeah, no, it's the truth. Cause remember we did that one in Angelo too. Oh remember yeah. In Angelo. There was like thousand sure. coaches living in the room, but you know, what it is like, and isn't it funny because I never knew Brian at the time, but you're right. But that's just you and I. That that's just who we are. Like yeah, we love the ball. game, and whether it's you know five mm-hmm. people, two thousand people, you're exactly right, Brian. That's who we were, and and really that that's who we you know. I mean to this day that that's who I am still. I I have my twin brother who's now yep. coaching with Baltimore. Ironically, uh, Rob's coaching the linebackers there, mm-hmm. and my son is in there. We're going over things like, okay, well, what would you do to this coverage? What would you do to this coverage? And I was looking like, damn, my son's pretty good. (laughs) He's winning on the, you know, the last thing, but there's things, there's a lot of things I'm not very good at, but, but one thing I grew up with for, for whatever reason, you know, I'm dyslexic a lot of different things that were challenging in life, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, football, it, it came easy to me, and it was something that to this day I have, an, I have a huge, uh, you know, passion for this game. And Brian, that, that's exactly right. That was the first time we met. You were and coaching up, man. and the, but I tell people that you know, did you know Brian Billick? I go, no. I said the funny thing is that just that it, it told you how Brian wanted. He wanted some of his his coaches to have that kind of passion, and that's what we did. And and when you look at the group that Brian put together, man, we had one hell of a group. But it's a credit to Brian going finding out coaches and and bringing that that uh, that staff together and knowing that they would be good together. It's a real credit to Brian.
2: Now, both of you coaches and Coach Coach Billick, before we got started, I, I told Coach Coach Rex Ryan, like, dude, you one of my favorite personalities to ever be in a national football league because he told it like it is. He told it like players would say it to each other, right? When you, when you look at coaches, how the hell are coach talking like that? Well, Coach Ryan did that, right? And obviously, you know, you were mic'd up throughout hard knocks and all of those types of things, right? I.E. go get a snack and all that stuff, right? Yeah. 24.
3: Oh. Blue 24. Hit.
2: Woo!
0: I made breakfast
2: every day. I put bacon on the grill. Oh, really? Bacon and sausage. Oh, that's good. I make the eggs and biscuits inside. That kind of thing. Oh, there you go. go. We're turning the clock
3: back a few years. Yep. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how's everything? Pretty good. Is it good? Oh, yeah, yeah and the Lakeshore was happy though. He goes, oh boy, oh, he gets after it. <laughs> he gets after
4: Crack
3: <laughs> toss, babe. Look at William Sr. Now. Right now. He's one of the best kids around, too. Good. Are you all right? You gashed a little? Are you okay? i good. Oh, yeah. good. all right? catch it. <laughs> Whoopsie. Somebody's in. Hey, the man. Somebody said, pay it a man. I don't know who it was. We literally had, I think, 12 players on defense, and that was it. Oh my god, their their tongues were dragging. But he was so pissed from the year before, he, he lit us up for a zillion points, you know what I mean? Area, area. Watch the press out by Y. Hey, old trick to the trade there, Richie. Nice job.
2: Do you think in today's environment, right, with today's climate and we all know what I'm talking about with how sensitive people are in locker rooms and stuff now, do you think you would change anything about how you coached, um, you know, just based off today's climate in the locker room? Well,
3: I'm going to say this. There's and, and you know, the way I I think you can respect this, Mm -hmm. that the only way I could ever be successful is being myself. I can't go out. As much as I admire Brian, I couldn't go out and try Mm -hmm. to be Brian Billick. I couldn't try to be Buddy Ryan. Mm -hmm. I'm just Rex Ryan, and this is who I am. And I'll say this, and I I understand there's a different climate out there, but the players, if if they know you care, they're going to accept you for all the faults and everything else. I had guys like, oh, God, oh, please don't cuss. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) They know I love them, but they know it's genuine from the heart. But that would be it. And I've had the uh, uh, the fortune two years in a row of coaching the hula ball. So I've taken mm-hmm. some guys and had it. And I still believe the guys are the same guys. Love this game. And it's still the same. And I just love being being around it, being part of it. I'm here with Jackson State. I love it. Yes. I can't help it. I teach. I do whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I said, prime, I apologize if some, you know, cuss words came out, but it's for emphasis only, you know, <laughs> that's, that's right. You, 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 but I don't know. They, they kind of fly out, but, uh, <laughs> so but you have to get I'm to myself and Rob, I have to be myself.
4: It's like Patton said, if, if you, if you don't make it profane, they're not going to remember it. So that's true. We talk about <laughs> yeah. this all the time too, that I don't know that people, and it's not fair and I'm not trying to make an excuse for it. The locker room is a different environment and those mm-hmm. that are, have never been in it. Don't right. really don't understand that that the communication and the way you interact with one another is different and it's not meant to be disrespectful. And there are there times you cross the line? I, I always ask this because of our styles. And we're talking about kind of big personality at the end of the day. Who's more arrogant, you or me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, great question. Well, you know, but I, I got to say this. And this is the honest goodness truth. There was no question that did I believe I was oh hell no I knew I was the best oh, sure. you know well so did Ryan Billy <laughs> trust me right. on this and, wow and, and, and that that's the thing like, if you don't if we don't believe in ourselves who the hell exactly is going right. to follow us exactly and right. so True. I think we are both arrogant I I don't think there's anything uh, you know there that's absolutely the truth however we have to be that's who we are. And by gosh, it's the truth. I've got to give you a great story yeah. about Brian as, as a coach. Okay. We, he makes a change at offensive coordinator halfway through the season. And we're playing New Orleans. Sean Payton, you got Drew Brees. I mean, they had a hell of a football team. And I think we had like five takeaways in that game. Mm-hmm. But the most impressive thing wasn't the defense. We scored twice. But anyway, it, was, <laughs> it, it wasn't the defense. I think we had close to 31st downs. At halftime, at halftime? I'm, half I'm not kidding. damnest thing. We ought to look it up. I'm, I'm just telling you, Brian put up like 500 yards, maybe at half. We all looked at each other like, "Damn, Brian, what did you? <laughs> where, where the hell you been? <laughs> where you been at?" <laughs> we were like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> and really, what Brian did with the genius of a coach, in my opinion, is taking what his players do. There you go. And saying, "All right, this is what he does." We had Steve McNair mm-hmm. quarterback. I'll be dang if we didn't come out. Also, now we're in double tight ends. We're doing those things that were great for Air McNair. Yeah. I right? yeah. And I'm like, dang. And we went that year. We won 14 or 13 games in regular 14, season, stuff yeah, like 13. that. And we were whooping asses. 2006. I'll never forget it mm-hmm. because I really thought we were going to win the Super Bowl that year. I really did. I know we led the, the the NFL in more categories in defense than any defense in the history of the game. Mm. But it was that team. And I'm like, we're going to do it. We got we got McNair at quarterback. We're tough as hell at that position. And we're going to play with this defense. I mean, it was a team thing. But we ran into Peyton Manning, and we turned it over four times, I think, like that. Down in the red had, zone, yeah. Remember that? And they kicked mm-hmm. five field goals on us. Right, they never scored. Wow. We lost. They scored 15 points with Peyton Manning in his prime, but we turned it over and it was uncharacteristic of our offense. You know, we had guys Todd Heap fumbled. We had we had some big mistakes, and I'll never forget. I've never cried on a football field until that moment, and because I was like that, we were robbed mm-hmm. of a damn Super Bowl. Like that team was so good, mm-hmm. but I think the the effect of that. That game had an effect on us the next
2: season. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? It, it,
3: it did. We, we knew how good we were, mm-hmm. but it kind of had an effect to where it's like, damn, we gave it up. And we were kind of in, in a funk. And I'm going to tell you this the year they fired Brian, I came back, I sat in there, John Harbaugh gets the job, I was there. <laughs> I was the leftover coach. I said immediately that this team's a hell of a lot closer to damn 13-3 and than it is whatever the other was. And it's the truth. We just had a funk. We had one season where Brian Billick is still the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. I believe that to my heart. But, and that, but wow. that's the NFL,
4: right? I mean, it well, just it just goes, it it goes part and parcel, you know, sh- short. Of, I, I, I told the guys, I want to get one more story in here because I love these stories. You told a story about me. I got to tell a story about. <laughs> get, em about <laughs> get <'em coach. laughs> Remember, Eli Manning comes into Baltimore. Kurt Warner, our Kurt Warner, was still starting for the Giants. Right. But e- Eli was going to play. So they put in and 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 Rex is calling it and we're killing them. And and so they put Eli in. Well, it was it it was tough. It was yeah. tough to watch. Why and you I, doing like that, goes Right. I, I wow. I, so I go to Rex. <laughs> we're we're about the, the early of the fourth quarter. I go to Rex and I go, Rex, I am not gonna be the one to call. Archie and Olivia Manning to tell them that we've killed their son.
3: <laughs>
4: can we, can we back off a little bit? Was that a real it, conversation? Oh, oh, it was. We, can yeah. we not blitz every snap? And He, he goes, Oh yeah, I got you, coach. And then proceeded to blitz every snap. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was worth,
3: right. You remember Actually, that. You well, know, that's the that whole thing about, you know, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness later. For goodness, like, oh, yeah. hell no. we, oh, we didn't I, mean to. No. Me like, they would have looked at me like, where's this coming from? But you know what's funny? Remember, Brian, we did that in that New Orleans game. We yeah. were kicking their, I mean, just destroying them. And I'm like, and Brian never said anything. I'll just back off, play traditional coverage. Drew Brees went for 200 passing yards <laughs> in the fourth quarter alone. Right. We, we had, oh, yeah. And, But we still killed them. Yeah. But, oh, in the fourth quarter alone, he threw for 200 yards against my, uh, you know, Kissed us. You and and I'll never forget it. They get down. They're going to go for a two point play. We only had one call on a two point call, and I never even called it. I was so pissed. Was like, How did I do this to myself? And so, and so since that time, no way. I went back to to what we said when I was, you know, first coaching with Brian. It's like, come on. But that, yeah. that, that story is true, though, yeah. that Brian's what? talking about. He
2: literally said that to me during the game. So, Coach Ryan, I mean, I'm seeing you light up as you talk yeah, about yeah. these stories, man. I mean, why in the hell aren't you coaching? Do you still get the yeah. urge, man? I mean, you're down there helping Prime. We're yeah. talking about you at the hula bowl. You're talking about how great of a teacher you are. Come on, man. What's up? You know what yeah, I mean? You know. For some reason, I don't know if they they, those guys just don't have
3: my number anymore. (laughs) I'm I'm gaining more weight back. You know, ten times never worked, never won, never did anything. When I was heavy, man, we were kicking ass. (laughs) Went back to gaining weight. There you go. You know, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. I really enjoy what I do. I got a great team. You know, Mm -hmm. with Stan Ponder, Randy Moss, Teddy Bruschi, uh, Matthew Hasselbeck. I love it. It's a great team. But if I never had that, I'd go crazy. You know, I get yeah. my football fix. We mentioned my son's coaching now with Detroit. So I get my fix there and, and with my my brother coaching. But yeah, I'll I'll be honest. It's uh I miss it. You know, I miss it every day. You know, nobody well, there's a lot of guys.
4: People have to understand once you've become a head coach, for a lot of guys, it is hard to go back. Because it can yeah. be a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest with myself. A little bit of, of, of what is well, been there, done that. You know, what, what? You know, once you've been to this position, but Rex is genuine. People are missing out because well, it, I know it, for a fact, Rex Rex would bring the passion to the coordinator's job. Yeah, that a lot of guys who became head coach then come back and coordinate, but they really got their eye on
2: being a head coach again That's, and do all just just coaching ball. That's my no. thing. Is yeah. it, is it tough? You were a head coach. I mean, does it feel like a, would it feel like a demotion? I mean, like, how, yeah, is like, it an ego thing? How does that thing work?
3: Well, it, it's probably all the above. I'm certainly, yeah. you know, it, it'd probably be ego. Like I want to do it for most guys. Mm-hmm. If there were a few, like if Brian said, I'm going to be a head coach again, I'd go right back with Brian. I, got you. I would go with that with people. I would uh, respect. I absolutely would do it, but only those people. I, I'm not just going to jump in there and, some you know, snot-nosed kid or whatever is going to be a head coach, right. uh, I don't need to do it. I've made enough money in, in life. I don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love it, I love what I'm doing now also. So to me, unless it's absolutely uh, the right situation with the right leader, I mean, that'd be the only way I would possibly go back as a coordinator.
4: Along those lines, the coaches today, the younger coaches, they're looking obviously for a different type right now. And they all seem to be out of the same mode. It's different than than with you and I. T- t- give us some observations you think about the way the coaching selections are being made right now.
3: Yeah, it's a little different. I, I think it's just, uh, and it's it's like a trend. Somebody mm-hmm. had success hiring a young guy, and so now they're all going to look for it. So you look at uh, McVay with with uh, the Rams, and then you look at Lafleur at Green Bay. But but you got to realize, like Lafleur, to me. And nothing against him personally. He did fire a no. friend of mine, so <laughs> yeah. well, both of us, Mike. You know. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, so um, you know, to me, that dude already on third base, and he right. thinks he hit a triple. Like ah. no way in hell. Give me Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Aaron Rodgers for just <laughs> a game. Really what we get. <laughs> <laughs> but but in all fairness, like some of these guys are really sharp. Like I was shocked. Yeah. Even just spending this past weekend with my son, they like they know their stuff now. And I think what happens, everybody's patterning themselves off of each other. They'll they'll see what's working. Yeah. Here's a two-beater, here's yeah. a four-beater, here's a three-beater, here's a this, here's a that. The difference is these defenses are allowing it to happen. They line up, they know what you're in. You're two high safeties. I'm either playing cover, two, six, or four. Boom! Yeah, and now they're they're looking for those things. The, the defenses are not creative as much as they used to be mm-hmm. back, you know, in the past when you had a buddy Ryan on the sideline, a uh, Bill Belichick, a uh, whoever. It's not quite uh, as challenging, in my opinion, as it used to be when you had some of these really good coaches out there. Yeah, on defense. Yeah, you,
4: know, you bring up you bring up Sean McVay, and it's yeah. something else I wanted to ask you. Was I worked with with Sean's grandfather? John McVeigh, when I was in San Francisco, great guy, great. Just, just a ball coach. You know, was at Dayton and grew up in the profession, was just a ball coach. And I remember, and John was a mentor for me back when I was with San Francisco. And it, it applies because you coached in New York. Coaching's oh. coaching, NFL is tough, but New York is a yeah. whole nother level. And I remember John McVeigh <laughs> told me, who was just a career coach, he said, Brian, coaching in New York, sucked the coaching life out of me. Talk a little bit about the pressure, the uniqueness of being a head
3: coach in New York and, and the difficulty of that. Yeah, Brian, it's a great question because it, it's it, and I think there's actually even a difference between coaching the Jets and coaching the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Giants is more old school and they kind of treat a little more forgiving that way where the Jets is, is a little different. But I went in there. It never bothered me a bit. My dad was a coach with the Jets for eight years uh, in his career. Super Bowl three was his first year, actually. And so to me, a lot of coaches, you're right. If you ain't ready to go to New York, don't you dare take that job. Adam yeah. Gase is a great example. Adam Gase is a good football coach. Yeah. And Adam Gase in New York, Adam Gase failed at the initial press conference and could never get it back. The yeah. fan base is like, that ain't my coach, you know. Yeah, right. I don't yeah, like right. his eyes are crazy. I don't like him, and it's it's weird. It's just different. You you know the media times. Like I thought I was ready being a coordinator and growing up around the game. And the first press conference I go to, mm-hmm. there's two hundred dang people in there, and I'm like, yeah. I'm looking around for the, <laughs> you know, so, but. I knew the I knew the fan base. I knew what they wanted. So I could relate to the fan base. I grew up a Jet fan. And so I never had a problem with it. Like to me I was like I embraced it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I embraced it. And you can't BS them. If you BS them they'll they'll eat you up and run your run your butt out of
2: town. But, but, but um, see, that's yeah. it, Rex. You have a no BS personality. So you were perfect okay. for that type of for that type of fit, right? I was with uh, Robert Sala in Seattle, okay? He he's also has that kind of a personality. He's not as, his personality isn't as out there as yours were, was, but if you had some advice to give to him, what advice would you give to Robert Sala handling this New York team and this New York media?
3: Well, I think he's done a good job to begin with, but I think the big one is, like, he has to be himself. He can't go out and try to be somebody else because they will see through you. They will absolutely see through you. And the other thing is, man, embrace the situation that you got. You, you're. I thought it was as good, a, you know, as great a place as you can have. Number one, I'll tell you this, their facilities, second to none. Yeah. And, and I remember I get interviewed for the jet job, and I'm like, hey, by the way, Woody, he hired me. I go, by the way, next time you interview a head coach, which I hope doesn't happen for a long time, you might want to let him see these facilities. <laughs> goes, they don't, they don't be there. I have no idea. And I think, I'm like, wow, are these these are unbelievable. But just embrace the job you have, the passion, and and include those fans, man. And don't BS them. Tell them the truth straight up. And, and here's the great thing. Those writers... Oh man, those guys are hard. If you stink, they are gonna <laughs> tell you you stink. You know, if your team plays bad, guess what? You're gonna get hammered. Face it, man. You know, and, and just just be a part of it. And and understand, the fans love toughness, commitment. That's what the that's what they're all about, and effort. You give them and passion, you give them those things, you'll do just fine. If you give them anything less, those fans are going to be all over and they'll turn on him. Yeah, and I think he's got
4: an advantage too, in that he's his general manager, is someone we're very familiar with, Joe Douglas. Yep. And it, as we know, he, he's just a grinder. Yes, he's he just going to grind the film. You know, because that I, I've always said it's kind of become a general manager's league, and that's not good or bad. It just is. But that relationship with the general manager, and Rex, you know what I'm talking about. Whoa. That has to be solid. Doesn't mean you agree on everything. Doesn't mean you don't argue and scrimmage and dog cuss mm-hmm. each other occasionally, but you gotta have that shared vision. And if you don't, particularly in a place like New York, all of a sudden that's just not that that's just not gonna work. No, not at all. Yeah,
3: and that's true. And like Brian, you think you think of how blessed we were in Baltimore yeah. when you had Ozzy Newsome and a guy that literally <laughs> not a, a hall of fame player, but he's a hall of fame GM too. Yeah, And one of the reasons a hall of fame GM, because he works side by side with his coach. He knows what you want. I thought they did an amazing job of that. He knows what the coach wants. So he knows what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's what he goes and pursues. What's important to Brian might be different than what's important uh, to John Harbaugh, but he's going to go out and, and try to get the players that that person wants, and that's what I think people are missing. I always love this one. We'll draft them. You coach them. Well, that's a team that's going to think. I saw it firsthand in Buffalo. I know exactly what that what that is. I'm like, dude, we're a, a team. What yeah, you, you got to talk. Understand? If you can't be a team with the scouting department and the coaching staff, what do you think your team's going to look like on the right. field? Mm. like that that is to me the the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard i'm not going to share what brian thought of some scouting when we grew up <laughs> we knew if you scouted there was a reason yeah right yeah and right. we're not gonna say it There was a reason you went into scouting okay yeah. so are you saying it's that they couldn't coach I, brian and i stayed <laughs> in coaching i don't yeah. know what the reason is but we stayed there you know <laughs> so to me it's it's bringing those guys like that. I tell you who's done an unbelievable job is Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. There's one player left from when I was there four years ago with the
2: Bills. One yeah. player, Jerry Hughes. That's and you. It. You weren't too happy leaving Buffalo. You, you know, you was upset with kind of how, how you left there. But they have done a great job rebuilding I mean, that roster. They've
3: done an amazing job. But it starts with that. Here's what they did. Mm-hmm. They cleared the whole building out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they got rid of every single scout, team doctors, this, that, whatever. So it wasn't just the coach that needed to be fired, obviously, but it was they needed to bring new life in there. Mm-hmm. And and they've had the same life in, in the equipment room and everything else for 30 years. And those guys might have been the greatest ever. But sometimes – You need a change. Absolutely. Because I I was here before you. I'll be here after
4: after you. That mentality is going to get you beat every time. Remember, we took over in San Francisco. Bill Walsh fired everybody in the building, brought most of them back, but he wanted to make the point to them. Now, I'm the reason you're here. Uh, Okay. It wasn't just because you were here before. Understand that I'm the reason you're back in this building. So you better appreciate that.
3: Oh, yeah, man. God, I, I wish I would have known that, that
2: lesson,
0: <laughs> man. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, <laughs> it's I left
2: that out of the notebook. Hey, Co- oh, Coach Ryan, good. thank you for joining us on this week's show, man. We got to have you back. We're going to oh, bring no. you back. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access to Locker Room. For more insight with the Locker Room Point of View, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.